Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Cypress, Malta, Gibraltar, Monaco and San Marino have all been removed from the green list. I don't think anything's been bloody added to it, but they've all been removed. And talk to me a little bit more about it is Owen Curry, who's the editor of Air and Travel magazine. Good afternoon, Joan. Good afternoon, Niall. This green list is confusing me no end because they're going to review it every two weeks, I believe. Are they basing it on the previous two weeks or just on that particular moment in time and what the cases are like in those respective countries? Oh, don't! you're not even confused. I'm going to start confusing you. Both. Uh, they actually have a pick, pick the day and they say this is the rolling average over the previous two weeks. But the rolling average for tomorrow will be different from the one for today. In the period of the two weeks we've had the green list, uh, two countries uh, snuck in that weren't in it. Uh, Ireland went from four to nine, which meant that we could possibly have taken in a few extra countries. But most of Europe went through uh, individual regionalised spikes themselves. And some countries that were close to making the green list went off the other end. Some countries that uh, really were, uh, some countries that were not very close to making the green list are now very close. It's capricious, it's volatile, and it's quite clear we've only had two published green lists that it is it makes it impossible for anyone to make to have a coherent strategy in no. planning travel. So if I, if I, for possible. example, if I, if a week and a half ago I decided to go to Cyprus and I had you know two weeks off and I said I'd go to Cyprus because I don't have to self isolate because my boss doesn't have to give me an extra two weeks right. off. I'm now all of a sudden sitting in Cyprus looking at the news, going, "Shite, I have to isolate now." Now, exactly. And Malta and Cyprus were on the list. They're off the list. Extra flights were put on to Greece, for instance, uh, by TUI and by Ryanair. Uh, They didn't do Cyprus, but there was a surge of bookings to both Malta and Cyprus. Malta was best in class. They were actually the very bottom when we produced the first green list. Now they're way out there. And when you think it's a small country, what put them way out there? They uh, rescued 86 migrants with COVID-19 who were very close to Africa. They're in the Maltese hospitals. They're being isolated. They're being treated. They're in the statistics. But they're officially in the statistics as having COVID-19. And then you go to the original green list, which has 15 countries that you can fly into without self-isolating. Great news. Four of the countries don't have flights to Ireland. Two of them don't have airports. I know, no, I got an email from a guy yesterday and asked me to talk about something. I can't remember the exact email, but I think he'd been to Gibraltar and he flew in through France, if I'm not mistaken. Would that be right? Yeah, it's a great green list if you have a yacht. Okay, okay. And he flew in through France and he said he was stopped at Dublin Airport by the Garda and asked to fill out the form and told that he had to limit his movements for 14 days. And he said, well, hold on, Simon Coveley said I didn't have to because I'm transient to France. So why am I being asked to do it now? And the Garda, he said, we're just doing our job. So, I mean, so do you, I mean, if you come to a non-green list country to get to a green list country... Are we, have we clarity on that? The WHO and Coveney seem to think that it's okay, but the guard at Dublin Airport are telling people it's not. The guards at Dublin Airport are just getting as confused as you and I are this morning. The, uh, Simon Coveney went on Morning Ireland and was asked the question, and he seemed not quite clear about it, but he did say you can come to a third uh, country. The reason is for those uh, places we're supposed to be able to fly back from, and the original green list is down to one now, didn't have, uh, don't have direct flights. But the other thing is that there's an awful lot of travel. 
uh, going through a third airport at the moment, including people flying to Dublin and flying on in other directions. Yeah, I've just they, found his email, actually. He came to Malaga Airport. That's what it was. That Sorry, would, That would make sense from Gibraltar. It would make yeah. sense to come through Malaga. If you're going, coming from Monaco, you'd be coming through France. You'd be coming from Nice. Uh, the... So, in other words, he came from Spain, which was is not a good area, according right. according to the list. So, he, he was told by the guards that he had to isolate for 14 days. Absolutely. Italy is the only significant country there. The, like, okay, there are it's ironic, countries. actually, that Italy will be the only significant country when, unfortunately, Italy was the hotspot at the very start of all this. Absolutely. And that shows you how volatile it is. Um, you know, if there are 112 flights out and 112 into Dublin today, nine of those are greenlist countries. The rest are not. Uh, 12 out of Cork, no, no green-listed country. 10 out of Shannon, no green-listed country. 4 out of Knock, no green-listed country. We're putting, we put nearly 20,000 through Dublin Airport the busiest day last week. The, the, it is such a joke. It has been completely ignored by the travelling public because you cannot make a plan. And while you know the government is making all the sound about the bucket and spades and it's wrong to go on holiday, there are machines not being serviced in Ireland now because the engineers can't come in to do it because they're not going to be sent in uninsured and not being on the green list. It only means one word, uninsured. It's the, the yes. people that are going to take the, a lot of people don't travel with travel insurance anyway. A lot of people are now in a position where self-isolation when they come home uh, isn't a big deal because they're working remotely. But uh, it does stop commerce. It does stop trade. And it does send a really important message out to the rest of Europe because 26 of the 27 EU countries have signed up to this agreement that they would drop their internal borders by June the 15th and they all held to it. Well, we went off. We actually didn't opt in. We were a bit of an outlier. We're a bit of an outlier on this one, aren't we, really? We didn't didn't decide one way or the other. Well, Ireland is technically closed for businesses. I mean, that seems to be the case. It's it's one thing being closed. It's another thing sending the message around the world. Big sign up. There are other countries with bigger problems. You know, Sweden would have a huge problem. But uh, uh, they, they all have said there's an opening date there's a target we want to be back in the business in 2021 Ireland's running around with its two hands and its ears saying we don't want to travel like a character out of just William it's just um, it's we don't just, see I mean d- judging by yesterday's you know speech at the cabinet there we and of course Leo wanted to grab the headlines and tell everybody first before Michal got it out of his mouth but anyway I mean it does look like we really don't know what we're doing that we're kind of just making it up as we're going along, looking at other countries. What are they doing? Even though their countries geographically, uh, population-wise, and maybe culturally are very different to ours, we're looking at other countries and saying, well, they did this, so maybe we should do that as well. That's a good idea. We don't really know what we're doing. We, we um, have allowed one narrative to dominate is more in what's happening. Uh, the Enfus, or Nefit as they call themselves now, the artists formerly known as Enfus, <laughs> they are actually saying, uh, as they're supposed to say, let's be really careful, let's get this down to zero, let's chase zero, very well publicised letter signed by all these academics, go for zero, that means no international travel. They would like to see the airports and the ports closed. The government. But I mean, that. On, on that note, just from an economic point of view, of course, Virgin Atlantic uh, filed for bankruptcy in America yesterday. Yeah. Um, you've got Aer Lingus uh, reporting losses of 4.6 billion, I think it was, uh, suggesting that their Cork and Shannon bases may have to close. Uh, if I'm, you could correct me on this if I'm wrong. Uh, you've got British Airways suing the British government, Ryanair suing the Irish government. Where do, where does the aviation industry stand? How long more can they put up with this? 
they need things to they need some sort of return to international connections and the reality is Ireland hasn't been bad on that end of it we've kept our connections open even at the worst time April the 12th I think we had 12 flights out of Dublin airport and 12 in we we had some sort of uh, basic connectivity there but what the government is uh, well seems uncomfortable with this and while uh, NFS are coming up with this advice, which is their right to say, as medicals, medical experts, this is what we want, the checks and balances that are on the other side and were imposed in the other side, we see them across Europe with the same debate. Other countries have made big sacrifices. Other countries have come sometimes from worse problems, basically being an example to where they are today. And they all are going through this business of managing the reopening in a better fashion than we are. But we're, we're, we're looking for some sort of fantasy target, I mean, this zero target that we're talking about. As I said earlier on, initially we wanted to flatten the curve, then we wanted to crush it, now we want to remove it altogether, right? I mean, that's not practical. Australia and New Zealand did that. They were all getting patted on the back, but some of the best scientists and epidemiologists in the world says, you know, good luck to them, but they're never going to allow a tourist into their country again because it just takes one more case to start it all off. And look what's happening in Melbourne at the moment. Seven people have died and all of a sudden the whole city's on lockdown again. Regions are in lockdown. So to get down to zero is a pointless exercise. I remember years ago in radio, uh, a programme director telling me he didn't want to be the number one uh, radio station in the city because he said it's harder to be number one than it is to be number two. Do you understand what I'm saying? So once you're number one, you've got to stay there. But if you're number two, you can you can have a little bit of leeway. So, if, you know, I mean, what harm is it to have, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 cases a day, as long as those people are not badly sick or, you know, are ending up in hospital, or, you know, reasonably young people? The question is what happens next if you actually are in a position. There's about 20 or 30 countries like Nauru, Vanuatu, St. Helena, where Napoleon was in exile. The question is how long do you wait, as you say, Mm -hmm. before you let somebody in? The reality is that while Nefet are within their rights, making that case for zero, it's up to somebody else to decide. It's up to the medicals to do advise and it's up to somebody else to advise to decide. And the green list was to be that decision. We were promised it in May, we were promised it in June. It eventually came in July the 20th, and the second edition came yesterday. And it's quite clear it's a shrug-shouldered, oh, we have to produce a list, here's a list of countries with, with lower cases than Ireland, not designed to facilitate travel. Now, what happens when you do that? You end up with this almost this piracy going on where people are making their own decision to travel to Spain and Portugal, going off and coming back outside of the regulated travel that the government is talking about and the green list is supposed to impose. We have, uh, in, we have 3% or, or, or sorry, nine, nine flights of our 112 within the regulated travel system and the rest outside. That puts pressure on everything. It puts pressure on the track and trace. It put, puts pressure on that poor, unfortunate Garda that your uh, correspondent mm-hmm. met in the airport trying to do his job. I'm not quite clear what how is the condition with a third uh, country. Yeah. And it's wrong because we should, if there is a plan in place, there's a well-managed safe plan put together by the European Centre of Disease Control and the European Air Safety Authority saying this is the standard across Europe this is what the rest of Europe is doing. We've decided not to do that, and we've left ourselves in this unre- unregulated madness, which, you know, from, uh, from a medical point of view, I'd imagine is not ideal.
I mean, at what point, just finally, Leon, I mean, surely the answer to all this, I said it to Stephen Donnelly when I spoke to him about five or six weeks ago, and I know he mentioned it then during the week as well as testing at the airports. Surely the, 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 we need to get to a point where we have a bay at the airport that con- people who come in from high-risk countries that are not on a green list automatically get tested. Everybody else gets a temperature check on the way in the, ga- in the door, and if you have a temperature, you're sent off to be tested. 20-minute test, cost you 50 quid, off you go and enjoy your holiday if you come back negative, and don't enjoy your holiday if you're positive, you're going home or you're going into some place to, to isolate for 14 days. Why, why can't every country just do that, and we can get aviation back up and running again? There's a couple of answers to this. The most important one is regionalised. The Canary Islands is not the same as Spain. Uh, the, Bavaria is not the same as Westphalia and Germany. And the second one is, on, on that antigen short, quick turnaround testing, the big two problems with it are confidence and cost. 85% successful, I believe, those tests. This is the Abbott testing system. takes 12, 12 and a half minutes or something. 85% successful, I believe. The, the, the dynamic has changed on that in the last week, and you see Britain bringing it up on a mass scale. Um, the three airports have brought it in, Reykjavik, Vienna, um, Helsinki. They were charging 190 for it, and it was not regarded very highly internationally. We are moving into a situation there's much more trust in it, but it's also quite costly. And the, the question of how much resources you put into airport testing when there's so much else going on in the community is certainly one that the government will have to consider. But it's, you're absolutely right. Anything to calm down the fears of people. And not just a fear, it's to bring back the, I mean, look, look, the amount of people who depend on tourism in this country, you know, coach drivers, etc., etc. I mean, the, the tourism industry itself is worth billions to this country every year. So we need it. There are 200,000 jobs at stake here, because, you know, out of the, yep. uh, and the, our inbound tourism will, you know, home holidays will probably keep them, st- some of them staggering, but we may end up with the world reopening in 2021 and 2022 and having nothing to sell because there's nothing less okay. it's left. It's a huge, huge problem. Remember uh, that own, travel is responsible for 1.6% of the cases of coronavirus and we've 26,000 cases and not one of them came from an American tourist. I know, I know. This whole idea I was spotting American tourists in Kerry wandering around. Chasing them and harassing (laughs) them. You know, it's it's a question of, um, you know, taking a proper, calm, measured decision, let Nefes make their advice, take consideration of it, put the safeguards in place, Look to the European Centre of Disease Control and the European Air Safety Authority. These guys are in the business of safety. If you're flying people around, safety is what your first concern is. That's why they have such a low, low crash rate. They're really, really concerned about safety. So look at all the advice. Look at Okay, well, very very quickly before you go, last question. I'm going on holidays tomorrow. I'm not really, by the way. I'm just saying this. I'm going on holidays tomorrow. Where do you think I should go? Where's the safest bet that I won't have to isolate? You won't have to isolate in two countries, Italy and Greece. Okay, and which, is, which have, is the safer bet that's not going to end up? Your... Which one is not going to end up on a bad list in two weeks, do you think? Um, Italy will, will, neither of them will, well, Italy's lower than Greece, but um, they're, okay, a big country is a good bet because a small number, we saw it in Malta, a small number of cases can push a small country from being best in class to, to be worse. down at the back with <laughs> yeah, the Listen, thank you very much indeed. Own Curry, who's the editor the and uh, the editor of Air and Travel magazine. 
Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.